is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2018. And my guest is John Fingus of Engadget. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. Wonderful. I'm so glad to have you on. You know, we tried to do it just before the holidays and it just didn't work out. But I've been meaning to have you on because you've been with Engadget for a really long time. You were there when I worked there and uh, you pick up all these random news stories uh, and you write about phones quite a bit in the end. So, you know, uh, and I just heard you got an essential phone recently to play with. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did actually. It was, uh, it was kind of uh, happy because I mean, actually, I, re- I really like those phones that are like slightly oddball phones, like not necessarily the, uh, not necessarily the, uh, the mainstream ones, the ones that everybody's going to be picking up, like not like a Galaxy S8 or something like that, but the, the slightly quirky phones. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, and, um, actually, actually, in many ways, I actually quite like it, although I'm kind of cheating with it because, um, because I mean, you know how the the uh, default essential camera app is kind of trash, basically. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've, there's that uh, that well, not not a hack, but like this trick where basically you install this modified version of the Google Camera app on your on your. That's phone. great. Yeah, yeah. And so and so mysteriously, the uh, the uh, camera app on your essential phone goes from being garbage to to something that you would actually want to use. So, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, uh, are you using the Pixel camera? Because that's the one I'm using uh, on my essential. Yeah, actually, I'm, like, I'm trying to remember. I, I think it's at least, well, actually, uh, like, <laughs> this shows how, how uh, little I actually t- tinker with uh, camera apps and things like that. But yeah, like, uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think, it, I think it's just... Um, I think it might be the uh, the actual the Pixel app, but that, that's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, it, it, you yeah. got it on XDA forums, right? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's, that's the one it. I'm using too. Yeah, so that one you know gives you all the awesome. It's not the Pixel Two app, I believe they haven't created a, an, an APK for that yet. But it's last year's Pixel app, and it's a really good camera app. It does a lot of the you know some of the basic AI stuff like the HDR stuff really well, and on the essential, it does make quite a bit of a difference. Oh yeah, so it went, it, it's the difference from like, basically having to like sit there and twiddle your thumbs while you're taking a fo- like, taking a photo, waiting for it to process or or what have you, and just being able to use it like like a good camera phone. So it's obvious that like the problem with the essentials, like you know, photography isn't it isn't the hardware. The hardware is fine. It's the it's the software that just isn't up to the job. Indeed, yeah. I think uh, I mean. You know, I think this is a mod that everybody should do. Download that from the XDA forums. If you have a phone that supports it, uh, that supports it, meaning uh, I think Snapdragon 835 and 821 phones, not all of them will work, but most of them will. And if you have a phone that does it, uh, go and download that app. It makes a huge difference. Uh, it also makes a difference on the OnePlus 5 and the OnePlus 5T, but less so because the uh, camera app on the, especially on the 5T now, has been pretty, pretty nicely improved. My big thing about the Pixel camera on the Essential is that it gives you something that the default camera just doesn't have, which is, um, I mean, other than fixing a bunch of issues, it, it gives you um, a grid lines, which for some reason is not even an option on the default camera. Yeah, like I mean, that just shows like just uh, shows how little 
Well, not how little effort they put into it, but like how this is very clearly their their version 1.0 product, and they like they still have a lot to learn about how you know how to make a great smartphone. So, it's like, yeah, I I, w- I wish they'd uh, actually. I honestly wish they would have spent like just either like maybe three months, six months, or something like that, just uh, like working on the software, mastering, it and getting to the point because like you only have one chance at a de- debut, and they kind of fluffed it, even if they have ma- made some um, improvements over time. I agree. And, and you know, um, but I, in other ways, I love the phone. I think it's, it's, uh, really feels great in hand. It's kind of like the perfect size, the perfect, cr- um, screen to body aspect ratio. Um, I, it kind of, in a way, reminds me of the iPhone 10 in terms of being almost, and, and the, the Galaxy S8, not S8 Plus, in terms of being kind of like the perfect size phone. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. It's like actually, in some ways, I feel it feels a bit wide, although that's maybe because, partly because it's got those uh, flat edges to it. But um, yeah, it's like it it doesn't feel like a big phone, even though you've got this five point seven inch screen, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, that's like basically dominating almost the entire face of it. So, uh, so I really like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, another thing that I like is um, you know how it's built like the materials um i do feel that um you know it's nice the the pure android is really nice on it it is a bit crashy i I don't know if you saw android central wrote about that um i think it was andrew martonic uh and and i've had some crashes more crashes than most of my other phones i don't know if you've experienced that at all but uh i've experienced a little bit of it but it's it hasn't exactly been a um like a chronic problem where it's like oh gosh like instagram crashed again or <laughs> twitter twitter crashed again it's like no it's like you know eh, maybe once in a blue moon like some app just decides it's not going to be working properly today so it crashes and then you re- like restart it and hopefully you haven't lost anything so right yeah so. uh what color did you get um i ended up getting the uh the black one uh, i forget right. what they exactly call it but uh, but uh, and white would have been actually pretty sweet, but at the same time, I really can't complain because, like the because the uh, the black one, in a sense, kind of fits the uh, fits the whole aesthetic of basically nothing but screen. Like this thing, kind of like the actual phone fades into the background, and you're just looking at the display. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it from the front, it makes no difference. I like the white one, and that's what they sent me as a review in it. I didn't have a choice. It just came. I was just happily, pleasantly surprised to get the white one because, you know, I love white phones. Um, is uh, did is yours a review in it? Did you spend money on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I dropped money on it. So, it was like, it was, I mean, I, was, I got it got it for a good deal. But it was like, yeah, it's... Uh like I, it was one of those things where like okay i actually really kind of needed an, an an android reference phone because like the like the the other phone i'd been using for a reference point was like the nexus 5 like not the 5x the original wow. 5 and <laughs> and it's like that thing hasn't gone past uh like lolly was it no marshmallow uh so it was kind of like okay i kind of need to catch up in a big way so so this thing's uh i I haven't done anything silly like well not not silly but like risky like installing oreo on it but uh but just having a phone with nougat on it is like oh hey this is you know welcome to well i guess now 2018 like this (laughs) is what (laughs) uh, this is what android phones are like right now as opposed to like say you know two or three years ago so no i hear you so you're still primarily an iphone user then uh, yeah, I'm still primarily an iPhone user. I mean, I actually have an Apple Watch Series Three, so I'm so, so I'm somewhat tethered to uh, to the iPhone for that right, reason. Right, right. You like but, it? Uh, 
What yeah. uh, what iPhone is your current iPhone? Um, I still I actually still have an iPhone seven. Um, I actually was seriously tempted to get an iPhone ten, but um, I had th- well I thought well first it's like a lot of money to spend after just like just a year of having the iPhone seven, and also I mean quite frankly the iPhone seven is like still good enough for like ninety five percent of the things I would want I would want to do with it. So oh yeah no like absolutely yeah. The only the only thing I really miss is because it's just a regular seven and not a seven plus is like I don't have a dual camera, so I can't zoom into things or do portrait shots or, or things like that. But uh, I'm I'm content to wait, I guess, probably until uh, whatever shows up uh, in September for the for the iPhone 10's uh, follow up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I want to actually touch on this. This is another little bit of news that, that came about, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but there was all these rumors, and, and it's really misleading headlines. I really hate the reporting that's been done on this. And if you want to get some sense, uh, sensible news about it, please read uh, Daring Fireball John Gruber. But there's that rumor that came out that Apple is going to discontinue the iPhone 10 this summer or soon or whatever. And of course, that's quite possible. They did that with the iPhone 5 when they switched over to the 5S and the 5C. And they did that with the original iPhone after a year. But it doesn't mean they're not going to replace it with something uh, equivalent or better. Um, and so, you know, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go out and buy an iPhone 10. I just got my own. I finally spent my own money because I couldn't get a review in it um, a couple of weeks before Christmas. And I really love my iPhone 10. You know, again, iOS is not really my bag. But I have to say, in terms of hardware, it's the most Android-like iPhone I have ever used. And I really, really like it for that yeah it's like uh actually i mean i suppose for me it's like i mean i it's like, i don't i suppose i would need it to be android but i think it's like it's in a sense it feels like apple just kind of went from hovering somewhere around 2014 in terms of hardware design to i guess like 2017 2018 like it it feels like a modern phone in every sense of the word so uh, yeah i, I mean and, and to me, that's always been a bit of an issue with Apple in the last few years. You know, it's like they just didn't seem to be making an effort. I know that they did because their phones are good. And in terms of processor, they've always beat everybody else's pants off. But, you know, like you looked at an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus and even an 8 and you're like, what is this? Is this a phone from 2010? Like, it just does not look modern. It just doesn't look advanced. You know, to me, even the Galaxy S7, which doesn't have, you know, an edge-to-edge display in the sense of the top and the bottom bezels, uh, still looks like a, a much more futuristic design, you know? And, and Or even the uh, Galaxy S6 before it. So, so I was kind of really hoping the iPhone 10 would, like, kind of bring... Apple's design language and and technology to, you know, and and I've gotten a lot of trouble. I've gotten in trouble big time for seeing this on Twitter, but to kind kind of catch up in terms of hardware. Other than processing power, I really do believe that Apple had some catching up to do. And and you know, I feel that that it's finally been done with the iPhone 10. And in some ways they've surpassed everyone else because I believe Face ID is phenomenal. It's the future of authentication. I love it absolutely. And I feel that the best thing that's ever happened to the iPhone and iOS is the removal of the home button. Really gestures. It's it's so second nature to me. It it took zero time for me to get used to it. it to me, the fact that there's no longer a home button feels so much more Androidy, and it just I just love the iPhone 10. It is a phenomenal, phenomenal piece of hardware. Yeah, yeah. That's, th- those are the kinds of things that like 
as well, I'm like, I'm trying to hold out, and actually, probably I probably will. It's like I can't like, I can't help but like say wander by the Apple Store and and like just like poke at the iPhone 10 and think, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I had one? Because it feel because it would feel like it would be a definite step forward, even if like I th- like I'm not sure if I could justify the money for for buying one so soon after getting my my uh, current phone. But, right. Um, I'm just I'm just. Um, Tiding myself over, knowing that okay, just don't wait. Well, don't worry. Like by the time when September rolls around, there will be like a replacement for the iPhone 10 or something like that. That will be like you know, it'll be faster. There will be probably be better cameras. There will probably be like there will probably be a larger model if I want if I really want like a big screen. So absolutely, so, yeah, you yes. can't go wrong. Look, I mean, I think the other the real the other realistic point of view here, John, is. You're, you know, it's past, it's past the holidays now. You're, you're in a new year. You're inching closer and closer to a new iPhone. And, mm-hmm. and can you live a few months before September when a new iPhone will come out? Of course you can. And, and for me, I really was like, if I don't buy this before the holidays, I will not buy it. Basically, it wasn't my thing. And the reason I actually went ahead and did it is because I feel like I haven't gotten a new iPhone since these, the 6 Plus, which is my last one. And that's so it's a long time ago. Now it's not my primary phone, but at the same time, if I feel that my, the 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 iPhone 10 is like a milestone, it's a it's really, you know, along with the iPhone 4 that brought us Retina, the 5s that brought us Touch ID and really made fingerprint authentication a reliable, you know, working valid thing. Um, to me, that and the original iPhone, those four phones. Original 4, 5S, and 10 are, to me, the milestone iPhones. They're the ones that changed everything uh, in a significant way for the platform. And the others are just not junk. They're great, but they're not phones that I got excited about. Yeah, they've, they they were basically like not like stop gaps is almost like a disservice because in, in like obviously if they're you know as uh, they're typically fine phones but like you know they're they're basically there because well your two year contract is up so you might as well get a new phone um, so and, and you know if if you check my Twitter thread about this a few weeks back you know where I got a lot of in a lot of trouble a lot of hate from from that thread you know people are like how can you say that the iPhone is finally caught up with Android I said look I'm not talking about the user experience I think iOS is a great user experience for most people it's probably a better user experience than Android but for me it's not a good fit so I don't like iOS but I love Apple's hardware I'm a big Mac fan a big Mac user and so when the iPhone 10 came out the hardware finally felt real to me it finally felt like apple was making an effort but you know all the technology other than face id all the technology that's in the iphone 10 is technology that has already been implemented on android before the iphone and people were like how can you say that apple introduced a dual camera i'm like no apple did not introduce a dual camera huawei introduced a dual camera with the the uh, the, the honor 6 plus and and you know before that as well although it's not quite a dual camera it's more like a camera plus um htc did it with the one m8 and and you know wireless charting's been on android forever and and the list goes on and on it's just like Come on, let's get real here. The only thing Apple has really, really innovated in since the iPhone 5S has been processors and, of course, Face ID. But they, they haven't really brought anything to the table. Like, did they bring an OLED screen to the table? Not until the iPhone 10. And, and I, I know some people don't like OLED, and I know that the iPhone 8 screen is phenomenal for an IPS panel. 
but I'm sorry, I'm OLED or go home. Once you've seen OLED, you're not going back. Yeah, it's like uh, I know what you mean. Actually, in my dream, in my dream world, the, the next iPhone would have an, a micro LED screen. But I, I mean, based on what, <laughs> yeah, based on what I've heard, I mean, from like Samsung's the wall TV, where or like where the reason they could do the the reason uh, the it's 146 inches is because that's the the current pixel density for their for their oh, it's not micro even LED there. TVs. Yeah, no, like no. it's not not up to par. So like so yeah, I'm not holding my breath until like maybe 2019 or something like that for for a micro LED. But uh, I mean, as it stands, um, I've heard that. I've heard people say that a lot of the, a lot of the worries about uh, OLED or on uh, smartphones, or like you know about burn-in things like that, is like it can be overblown depending on um, like depending on how you use your phone and things like yeah, that. I mean, so. it happens. I've seen it. You know, I had one of the early Pixel Two XL review units, and it burnt in because they didn't manage the they didn't have a proper implementation of of. Uh, uh, saving the pixels on the button area, right? And mm -hmm. and you know what? You can see it. I mean, I see it only when I put like a gray black background on the phone or something, and then it's kind of faintly obvious. But you know, you in everyday use, I don't notice it ever. That I I wouldn't be able to see it at all. And and you know, they send me a new Pixel Two XL because they're like, oh, because you know, I was one of the first who reported along with uh, Alex Doby of Android Central, and and. And you know they sent me, and I never set it up because like there's no need. I mean, uh, you know it's it's my daily drive. You know how long it takes to set up a phone to be exactly the way you want. It's uh, that's one of the things about Android that I think Apple does so much better is you know you back up your phone and you restore it and you're done, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't really happen like that on Android. It's gotten a lot better with Oreo now, but. I'm still not convinced that it's something I want to do too often. So, you know, I, I the biggest thing they fixed on the Pixel 2 XL was, uh, you know, the blue tint by uh, recalibrating the screen properly, which now looks like an OLED screen with the vibrant colors. That's what I wanted. That's what everybody wanted. You know, sRGB be damned. I'm sorry. Right? <laughs> it's just like, I don't really care if I put my Pixel 2 XL next to my V30, they're identical screens and they now look identical. The app icons look the same with the same RGB values. It doesn't look like some crappy muted version of itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's switch gears and speaking of screens, um, let's talk about the uh, that, that crazy phone by Red. Red Hydrogen, is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, the uh, Hydrogen One. Oof. So yeah. there was a big piece of news today, was it, or yesterday? Uh, it was actually, yeah, it was today today so yeah. uh, about uh red announcing that they are actually shipping this phone in the summer and maybe you want to fill us in on the rest because you've read the story i haven't i just read the headline and you obviously write news stories for a living so you probably know more than i do at this point okay yeah well basically the gist is that like yeah they will they will ship the hydrogen one sometime in the summer um pre-orders will open probably in april they say um they still haven't really uh, said uh just what this thing's going to cost if i if i remember correctly so uh so like i wouldn't be surprised this is red it's probably going to be expensive a lot <laughs> um uh, but yeah and uh they re they also reiterated some of the specs so it's like snapdragon 835 like a dual sim slot which is kind of interesting because I, I don't know how many people are going to be like you know popping in different sims like as they travel around the world with this with this thing but it's got that um i uh Fairly large, forty-five hundred milliamp hour battery, and of course that uh, that crazy four view display they call it. So 
Like so, it's going to add that sort of three D effect to to your visuals. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. You know, I obviously haven't seen it. You know, very few journalists have. Um, but I'm excited. I mean, you know, I, I doubt I'll get a review in it. It's the kind of thing where I'm sure you'll have to have all the connections to get in. Um, and I have connections, but I don't think I have any connections with Red at this point. So, you know, I'm still waiting for my Razer review unit. Uh, hint, 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 Razer. Uh, this has, by the way, been an ongoing thing every three, it's been about three months now since I requested one. And I'm on their list, they say, but it's kind of getting ridiculous. Um, so, you know, I figure if I shave them, shame them publicly every every week on my podcast eventually it'll work or maybe it won't work at all who knows <laughs> uh i mean i'm look i'm kind of semi-joking i'm not trying to shame them i just think that you know it's kind of silly that they couldn't get me a device because at some point very soon probably in a couple more months i'm gonna have to completely forget about it because it's not gonna be newsworthy anymore you know yeah and and that's that's too bad you know so yeah Took a little while for me to get my essential phone at the same, by the way, but it, it did work out and, and still in a timely manner. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, sometimes it's hard to get devices because if you're not top tier, I mean, you could probably have, you probably have an easier time getting devices than me since you work at Engadget, right? So, um, I mean, you are in Canada, so it's a different set of PR people, I suppose, right? Yeah, well, and also it's a question of like how how badly do they want to ship this across the border? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Indeed. So, what else do we know about Red Hydrogen? You mentioned that uh, the specs, uh, some specs, are in the in the news uh, story yeah. uh, that it's sticking with a eight thirty five Snapdragon eight thirty five. Yeah, it's like which is. I mean, actually, I kind of understand that because this, uh, because uh, I guess certainly as a camera manufacturer, they're probably used to locking in specs, you know, at at a certain point. And okay, like we have to actually just work and get this thing done and get it out the door. But yeah, they're like so. I guess it's slightly disappointing though because this thing's going to be shipping in the summer, like months after phones with presumably with the Snapdragon eight forty five are showing up. So this thing's going to basically it's going to have to sell based on, based on that display and the, you know the bat the battery and I guess whatever other tricks Red can throw into it. So it'll be interesting to see if they can make something that's worth it, even if it's not necessarily you know absolutely cutting edge in some respects. Well, I mean, you know, Snapdragon eight thirty five is still no slouch. It's like you know, um, what there there are a few phones that came out with an it's Snapdragon eight twenty one after the eight thirty five phones. Uh, mm -hmm. The G six is one of them. The uh, the uh, Asus uh, Zenfone AR, the um, Zeti uh, Axon M. You know, the folding phone that oh, yeah. has two displays. I mean, look, they're not crappy phones. Like in in terms of performance, I mean, 821 still holds its own, but it is getting a bit long in the tooth. And yes, if you want the most efficient in terms of like battery use and performance ratio um, device, you, you're going to have to go 845. And, and you know, maybe Red, it's not a priority for them. You know, they're not, you know, they're not interested in that. Or, and maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe, you know, they work closely with Qualcomm and they'll get the latest chip anyway, right? We'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, it's like crossing my fingers. I don't, like I, with Red, like I definitely don't want to rule things out because this is a, this is a company that's uh, legendary for like producing hardware that other companies didn't think was actually possible. I mean, like you know, they're the ones who, like they are basically eight K for a lot of people. Yeah, so. that's right. Um, so speaking of other phones that 
Uh, I mean, there's a lot of rumors floating around. Obviously, the the hydrogen is not as much of a rumor in the sense that it's they they did say that they're going to launch it in the summer, so that's kind of in the can in a way. Good, mm -hmm. good. I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't even know if this is news in a way because I kind of expected summer. I I thought that's what they'd said the last time, but I guess uh, now it's confirmed. So the other phone that's been kind of doing the rounds for a while now, and I haven't really touched about it on the podcast. I was kind of waiting for the new year is these, this rumored Galaxy X phone or, or series of phones right, to potentially replace the Galaxy S line uh, with an X from S to X. Um, and, and, you know, of course, the flagship model, or a, uh, either it's a phone or an entire line of phones, but the flagship model, if it's a line of phone, would be a foldable phone with a foldable, bendable display, which basically would switch between being like a, a candy bar slate design like we have today to mm. basically a flip phone uh, with the screen still being one continuous piece and kind of arcing with a hinge similar to what we've seen on the Surface Book from Microsoft where, you know, the two parts when they're closed are not perfectly flat with each other. So, you know, what's your take on these rumors? I'm sure that you guys have been vetting this in and out for quite a while on various Engadget chat room back channels. As a, well, it's kind of interesting. I mean, at first, I suppose, like, uh, uh, some of the rumors are based heavily on, uh, like, on, uh, patent filings and things like that. So, uh, patent filings, like, I mean, they can sometimes give you a good clue as to, like, say, you know, where, where a company is going. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you always have to take those with a bit of a grain of salt, of salt, because it's an idea, not, not like a product roadmap. So, like, they may decide, yeah, this didn't really work, or, like, well, you know, well, well, we use this one, but not that one. So, so I think, uh, I think, uh, the, uh, the, like, the Let's Go Digital stuff that's, like, actually been floating around, like, is like, I think we actually make some pretty good educated guesses, but whether or not that's exactly what we see is, like, gonna probably, you know, I'm sure there'll probably be at least, at least some differences. But I think the basic concept, yeah, I could certainly, I could certainly see Samsung doing something like that. I mean, they have been discussing this for quite a while now. Um, and, and, you know, they even, didn't they show something like that at CS a few years ago? Um, see, actually, I'm trying to remember this. I know they've had, they've certainly uh, shown full, uh, folding displays and things like that. But, um, actually, That's I what remember. I thought. Yeah. yeah Not a phone, I, but at least a folding display. Yeah, I, th I think that I think the the folding stuff was like some like early con early conceptual stuff, like you know, like oh, he you know, here's what a, a you know a folding phone might look like someday. Where, like whereas like it wasn't really like we're not going to be making this, but like uh, you know, like look at look at how good our flexible OLED technology is. Right. So. And I mean, you know, it's 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 inevitable. Like this is coming, whether it's coming this year or the year after. Uh, so you know, stay tuned. Um, I will link in the show notes below to a story by uh, Android Central that I think does a pretty good job. Wow, Android Central is getting a lot of love today. Um, I'm I'm gonna show you because I think it's a good article and it kind of summarizes things really nicely. But um, I want to talk also a little bit about the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus leaks. Um, I I have a in my notes. Here I have a link to an Engadget story about um, about the Galaxy S9 box being leaked, and um, 
Maybe you can elaborate on, on what we know about the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. I'm hearing all kinds of things, like that the uh, S9 will have a single camera in the back, whereas the S9 Plus will have a dual camera in the back, but that they'll still be able to variable aperture like portrait mode, you know, in the same way as the Pixel 2 XL has the ability to do portrait mode using the dual pixel autofocus system. Um, and, and uh, you know, that it's going to be even more edgeless than it is today. That's pretty much what we've heard so far. Right. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the the gist of uh, how I've heard about the S9 is that that well, and not too surprisingly, it'll be more iterative than, like, say, the S8 was. I mean, the S8 was basically a, a total break in design. So, like, it's yeah. kind of hard not to be I iterative after that. Uh, but yeah, the main thing is that it, in some ways, this feels like the iPhone Seven of Galaxy S phones, in that it is uh, that it is a. Um, not like a not a revolution by any means, but adding a lot of the things that you were wondering. Well, why doesn't Samsung have this or that or the other thing? So, like um, stereo speakers is is uh, one of the big things. Like, if finally, you have a Galaxy phone where you can't like you can't like silence the audio just by putting your thumb on the wrong place. <laughs> um, um, and you know, th uh, th see, uh, well, they already had water resistance. Um, like. Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they will have like you know face detection that that works. Well, quickly. they have to. I mean, I think this is another thing that if they don't have face detection that at least matches Face ID, they're dead in the water. This is this is needs to happen for them to stay competitive, and and I wouldn't be surprised if it will. I know for sure Huawei is working on something for the P11, um, and you know uh, OnePlus and and Huawei with the Honor V10 have shown uh, some sort of uh, you know secondary grade not you know uh, android pay or sorry google pay compatible but but at least un unlock your phone compatible um authentication using face uh, some sort of face system it's it's optically based it's not infrared like the iphone so it's it doesn't work you know when there's a lack of light but i, I mean at the same time I, I just want i don't want samsung to half-ass this because to me the retina scan feature on the galaxy s8 and note 8 they don't work at all for me and they're they're half-ass they there's no way i can rely on them they're totally unreliable and i can't use them and i have to use the fingerprint reader so if samsung does face id of sorry face recognition they need to match face id yeah, yes, like, and the the real question is whether whether it is because the the box leak that showed up recently. Well, assuming it's uh, assuming it's accurate, like it mentions just iris scanner. So, so it could just be what we had on the S8, or like some slight improvement of it. Like you know, like well, this time it's faster. But if, if that's the case, that's probably not going to be good enough for uh, for um, like say you know like online shopping or or like yeah, i mean yeah if it doesn't do google pay or android pay whatever it's google pay now uh, i keep saying android pay um yeah if it doesn't do that forget it i think that's that's the key here and and frankly i'm kind of surprised that these leaks are showing a fingerprint reader under the camera because i really would thought would have thought that they would put an under the screen fingerprint reader on this phone yeah that would that would certainly be ideal because uh because obviously it's like you know uh, even if the fingerprint reader is in a more convenient position, it still means having to remember to you know, okay, put my finger there, and then. Well, I, I personally actually so. prefer fingerprint readers on the back, but but I feel that Samsung's missed the boat in where they put it, and and these illustrations show an, another missing of the boat, not quite as bad this time, but it needs to be an inch below the camera on the back, about two thirds of the way up. Samsung 
it's it completely intuitive when it's there because it's exactly where your index finger falls naturally. And if you have a Pixel, Pixel 2, or uh, any of the uh, Huawei and LG phones that have a fingerprint reader in the back, you'll know that you reach into your pocket and as you pull the phone out, your finger is on the fingerprint reader. And by the time you put the phone in front of your face, it's unlocked. It's very much the same experience as Face ID, but with a fingerprint reader. To me, having the, fr the fingerprint reader in the front does not work that way because I need to pull the phone out of my pocket before I can put my finger on the fingerprint reader. So even if Samsung doesn't under the screen fingerprint reader. It's not going to be to me as well implemented as a back of the phone fingerprint reader. You have an essential. You know how well that works. You just put your hand in your pocket. You pull out the phone. You're unlocked. Yeah, it's like it's it is it is actually really well placed and uh, fairly easy to hit on the essential phones. So like so I have actually have to give them kudos for doing something that Samsung somehow hasn't managed to do in years, like on their first try. So. Uh, so that's pretty good. I know um, it's not so hard, Samsung. How did you botch this on the Galaxy S8 and Note 8? And, and you know, it's better to have it on below the camera than next to the camera, like these these illustrations of the S9 and, and S9 Plus show. But at the same time, you know, it's still eh, it's a kind of an awkward placement. It needs to be significantly lower on the back of the phone, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would think so. It's like if they're, if they're going to do it on the back in the first place. Um, yeah, I kind of, actually personally, I would kind of like it on the front because I'm the sort who will like lean over, lean over to check his phone, and then like you know, and obviously if the phone, you don't have to lift the phone off the desk uh, necessarily. To, if that is true, reader. that is a huge advantage having the fingerprint reader in the front. If your if phone yeah. is on the front, but this is where Face ID should do the job, right? Yeah, you look at your phone and should unlock. Yeah, and. And there you go, and that's where Apple wins. I think the iPhone 10 is 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 testament to that. Um, also, rumors that it's going to keep the headphone jack, which makes me infinitely happy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, actually, I, I, admittedly, it's like I am starting to think that that might matter. That, that will matter less and less over time. But for people who you know who care about about wired audio, and there are obviously a lot of people that who is do, me. <laughs> yeah, um, then obviously, just being able to just plug in and, and get going is good. I mean, it, like, I, I don't mind so much because usually, usually these days, actually, when I'm listening to, to uh, music, I'm, like, oh, I'm actually at the gym, so I'm actually probably listening off of my Apple Watch. So, so obviously, I need Bluetooth headphones anyways. But obviously, right. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an early adopter niche case type. So, uh, so I'm, I can't represent everybody. No, I mean, look, I think that the, the AirPods are a phenomenal product from Apple. And I think that for 90% or 95% of the people out there, they're the best product on the market today uh, for, for what their intended purpose is. And, and I think that it's very reasonable to pair them with an Apple Watch and, and use that uh, at the gym. And I think a lot of people do, which is why both the Apple Watch and the AirPods are very popular. Um, but, you know, for me, it just doesn't work. I need, I just expect higher quality than that. And, and that's just me. And, and, you know, I know it's just a fringe thing, but at the same time, it's a legacy port that's cheap and ubiquitous. And that's what makes it so good to me. It's like, it works in my car and it works in, you know, well, both my older cars and it works in, you know, uh, pretty much anywhere and, and you can connect it to pretty much anything. And that's, that's nice. That's just a nice little perk. And yes, you can have adapters and all that and it's feasible, but it's, it introduces friction. And, and mm -hmm. I think I'm hoping Samsung, you know, actually lives up to this rumor. 
and keeps the headphone jack, the S9, S9 Plus, because that's kind of, I think, becomes an, at that point a differentiator b- between them and the competition. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I mean, like there are more and more companies that f- that feel that there's like no need to include a headphone jack. I mean, like the essential phone that I have yeah. here, like no, no headphone jack. So it's like, so if I wanted to, well, there is that, there is that actually incredibly overbuilt, over-designed uh, a headphone and jack adapter that they include. But, uh, uh, but at the same time, it's, uh, it's like, you know, obviously there are a lot of people who would prefer just not to even have to think about that. So. As an aside, by the way, that adapter that comes with the Essential and also the one that comes with the Razer phone um, are the so, two of the best sounding USB Type-C digital adapters that you can buy. The worst sounding one being the HTC U11s and one that's in the middle of the pack is the Pixel 2, Pixel 2 XL's adapter. Um, uh, this is coming from me who's a bit of an audiophile. Um, if you have a phone that's USB-C uh, and but does not have, um, you know, a... Uh, a headphone jack do yourself a favor and go to the either to the razor store or to the um essential store and buy the dongle and you know use that instead you'll see a huge improvement in quality over what came with your phone whatever came with your phone um and and if you have a u11 in particular do yourself that favor it's the the u the htc one is one of the worst sounding adapters uh the pixel one's actually pretty decent and um but not doesn't quite live up to the um the essential and the razor is the best of them but it's you know like infinitely like not infinitely in like just a tiny bit better than the essential which is quite a bit better than the pixel which is itself itself significantly better than the htc one if i had to quantify them all yeah okay (laughs) i know it's a science well it's a subjective science i guess um so, I mean, what, you know, what are your other expectations from Samsung this year around? I mean, do you think, obviously Snapdragon 845, at least on the, on the US versions, um, are we going to see something that they're going to surprise us with, you think? Um, to me, I think that the main thing that the S9 is, well, hopefully going to surprise us with is the, is that uh, variable aperture rear camera trick that they're supposed to be, well, at least supposed to be doing. Uh, like where I believe, like if you look at that box leak, it's supposed to be like between f one point five and f two point four aperture. So now, if they can do that, they're going to actually solve probably one of the uh, well, to me at least, is one of the lingering problems with uh, with phone cameras is that like that inability to actually sort of change the the nature of your shot. But 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 John, that's not new, right? Like the the Note Eight does that. It just doesn't call it. Uh, it doesn't give you an f stop number for it. Huawei's oh, really? been doing this for all their and all their dual camera phones for since the as I said the Honor Six Plus, which was you know three four years ago now. So so it's a synthetic variable aperture using the the dual camera system and. And, and in fact, uh, the Huawei P9 in its early versions before portrait mode was a thing and that was introduced by Apple, uh, basically think of portrait mode as a variable aperture that's pre-tuned for you. Um, and the, the, the Honor phones and the Huawei phones had the variable aperture and that's how you did portrait mode. But you had to you had a little slider to adjust the aperture. And the best part is you could do it after the fact. And... and um, 
And the Note doesn't let you do it after the fact, but it lets you, I, I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure the Note 8 doesn't let you do it after the fact, but it does let you do it at the time. And it doesn't give you an F-stop value like the Huawei phones do, but it does certainly give you a very clear, you know, progressive blurring of the background that would match a variable aperture. So to that would be nothing new. It would just be what they did on the Note 8 with a slightly better UI and hopefully they add the feature that Huawei has which lets you refocus not just a variable aperture after the fact but refocus after the fact too. Okay. Yeah, I, well, I guess the one question I have is like um like on the Note 8 was the was the uh, variable aperture mechanical or digital because the, No, this the, is all digital. We're not talking about anything mechanical here. They would okay. not have a mechanical variable aperture on this. They've only done that with one phone and that's that folder that, that super expensive Chinese folder phone, and it's not a variable aperture, it's two set values. Hmm. There's an iris that goes from one aperture size to another. I think it's f over 1.6 to f over 2.4 or something. Okay. And that's a mechanical aperture. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking here is purely synthetic aperture using the dual camera system, or in the case of the S9, which is rumored to have a single camera, using the dual, using the dual pixels from the dual pixel autofocus, just like the Pixel 2 XL uses the dual pixels for portrait mode. So you could do variable aperture with that. All you need is the parallax, right? So... Uh, on the Huawei, the interface is that you, when you tap to focus in variable aperture mode, you're, you know, given a default value of f over 2.0, and there's a little slider that lets you adjust the depth of field between, get this, 0 0.95 and f over 16. Oh man, that's ridiculous. That's it's like, awesome. And the 0 0.95 is indeed uh, very much insane and the f over 16 pretty much puts everything in focus and uh, then the best part is once you took take that shot it has stored enough data that you can do it again after the fact okay this is like yeah this is one of those things where like I'm, i wish i had uh, better access to huawei phones and so on because i mean actually they're not that hard to get in uh, in canada as you might think because uh like say for example like the the huawei p10 like Carriers were actually here were actually advertising that as one of their main phones, as opposed to like say you know not just the usual iPhone Galaxy S kind of, you know Pixel kind of uh, selection. So it was interesting to see uh, see them hawk that. But yeah, it's like in terms of actually taking a, taking a look at them. Actually, I, I haven't I haven't looked at uh, them all that well well all that often lately. So I need to actually maybe uh, maybe I don't know look at a Mate 10 or something like that. Yeah, you should. It's a great phone uh, and it has all those features. The other one to check out is the uh, the new Honor V10, uh, which is basically a, a Mate 10 Redux. Um it I think it's just missing the OIS, but uh, everything else is the same. Um and uh you know, uh, Huawei even supports it on their like on their basic phones like the Honor 6 uh, sorry, the Honor 7X, which was just launched before the holidays, um, is a $200 retail phone that, you know, in many ways, almost, at least in imaging, surpasses, in my opinion, the OnePlus 5T and, and has variable aperture. Okay, so that's, that's so, cool. So, wow, right? Um yeah, and it's it's you know it's again it's all software at this point. So now I could be wrong. It's possible that Samsung is going to do take that camera module from that uh, Chinese folder Galaxy phone that they 
just released that Richard Lai wrote about like a month ago, um, where it has physically two apertures to choose from. Um, but I think that's kind of not necessary with the wonderful wor world of software or comp computational photography, as it were. And, you know, it's not the first time. Um, the Nokia N... Ooh, it's it was the N eighty six, I think it was one of the one the one of the Nokia Symbian phones had dual aperture, like two two set aperture that you could select between. Uh, the user couldn't select it, but the phone would automatically pick one of them for you. Uh, so it's again, it's it's been done before the mechanical aspect of that, but you know, getting what we have on a real camera it, in that compact of a system. Is, is not going to happen. And honestly, the, the, the computational photography, the software aspects of variable aperture is so good now that I don't think that needs to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, like, you look at the Pixel 2 and it's like, okay, like, w yeah, one camera is like not even, like, not even doing, um, like, some of the tricks that uh, Samsung's remembered to be doing. And it's, and, uh, like, oh, hey, like, portrait photos w look great. And, like, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, like the yes, the uh, front-facing camera like can actually take like you know selfies that are like yeah. Uh, now that's not using any actual like depth data. It's really using AI. Yeah. Um. And and that's the other thing about the Pixel Two XL is is half of their computational photography and the Pixel Two as, as well. Uh, half of the computational photography that is being used in there is is basically because of Google. You know, having analyzed the millions and probably billions of photos they have in both their search results and the image search and in their, um, you know, Google photos that people have uploaded. And they've kind of determined, you know, they've machine learned what a good photo should look like. And then they apply this to the camera and they can update that that data set on the camera over the air. So basically when you, you know, when they update the camera app on, on the phone, you get a new data set that's better. And I found that my Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL are essentially learning and taking better pictures all the time. Yeah, that, that's and, something... And, and, and that's AI, and that's the power of, like, you can't, you know, what's the point of hardware aperture when you do that? Um, I think the only area where hardware still surpasses software is optical image stabilization versus digital image stabilization. If you have the room to crop the image, like in video recording, so that's, that's you know, as you know, the Pixel original didn't have OIS and did that very well, and the Pixel 2 XL does both OIS and, and, and uh, digital stabilization for video very well. The reason that is the case, and in fact, this goes back again to Nokia on the N-series, I believe it was also the N86 um, that uh, introduced this feature uh, on Symbian, where, um, you know, the sensor was 8 megapixels, but it was recording VGA video at the time, you know, as back in the day. But in the same thing, uh, the, the sensor on the Pixel is 12 megapixels, and it's recording, you know, at best 4K, most of the time 1080p. So it's, it's using a, essentially a subset of the pixels in the array right so mm -hmm. you can move uh, like in software that that window and compensate for motion because you have all this border around you of usable pixels right um and and th that's the only time that you can do digital um, uh you know uh stabilization properly but when you're trying to take a full-on 12 megapixel shot where you have to use every single pixel the only way you can stabilize that without losing any pixels is by doing optical right yeah, so exactly. that's an advantage where i think we're still going to continue seeing ois on a lot of phones because of that 
Yeah, it's like I can't, I can't imagine them uh, letting go of that. I mean, and uh, like I remember, like for many people, one of the biggest improvements of the Pixel Two was just like, oh well, hey, there's optical image stabilization where before it was relying, like you know, pri- like primarily on uh, software, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, I mean, it did a decent job before, but I could I could trick it into failing, whereas I could do a better job with uh, any phone that had OIS in certain circumstances. So now that the Pixel Two has OIS. It's the best of both worlds. It's really, really phenomenal. And and I think, honestly, that's going to be the challenge for the Galaxy S9 and for the iPhones uh, following the iPhone 10 is can they match the Pixel 2? Because people are still, and people, companies, whatever, uh, phones are still trying to beat the Pixel right now. Yeah, it's like, it's, that's going to be, it's going to be kind of hard. And like, Honestly, uh, I don't see. Actually, I'm not sure if Apple or Samsung would necessarily be able to do it because Google's whole advantage is that they have this. Yeah, like, the data massive, set. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this massive AI resource that, like, you know, even like you know, Apple with Siri and uh, Samsung with Bixby and like all and their various other AI related technologies, like they just they're just not on that level. So they have to rely on hardware to uh, to uh, take the best possible photos. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, Huawei introduced some AI features on the Mate 10 and they are using data sets. Uh, but of course, Huawei does not have access to that same amount of data, right? And so it's inferior because of it. And don't get me wrong, the hardware and the, you know, the basic image processing of the Mate 10 is phenomenal. I mean, it's Leica and you can feel that expertise when you take those photos and F over 1.6 on both lenses. Wow, right? It's like, yeah phenomenal camera don't get me wrong but the pixel 2 and pixel 2 xl still totally give it a run for the money every time it's just phenomenal what it comes out of that that google phone so yeah um yeah i mean we'll see i'm excited about the galaxy s9 and s9 plus i mean i will be at mobile congress in barcelona so of course i'll keep you uh uh stay tuned to the podcast for my thoughts on the galaxy s9 and s9 plus when it's announced there it's pretty clear they're going to be announcing it there now right john Oh yeah, so, I mean, like they've, uh, if I remember correctly, they've actually, they've actually basically locked it down. So like, they're actually going to do it there, which is interesting because like, I mean, we're for the past few years we're used to them doing like some event that's like just a few weeks off from it, which is always seems like a kind of a screw you Mobile World Congress <laughs> kind of gesture. Uh, right. But like no, like but uh, no, like they're actually like it sounds like they're actually going to do it in Barcelona. So they did um, the S7 in Barcelona. So you know maybe every other year they do the uh, phone in Barcelona. Yeah, actually, that's 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 right. Actually, come to think of it, it's like a, I'm just so used to them like doing some some event in March or thereabouts. That's uh, <laughs> true. Uh, uh, so. Actually, I suppose one thing I should say is that the uh, the uh, I think even if all they do with the S nine is like say, oh well, you know, we've got a, a, br- a brighter aperture on it than than last year. It's like, well, that's still a brighter aperture than last year. So, like, if you thought the uh, nighttime photos were good before, then they're going to be great now. Or you know, like if you're taking a macro shot, like you know, the, the background is going to be even blurrier. It's going to look even more like you're taking a uh, fo- like a photo with it with a uh, a big proper camera. So, and you combine that with the dual camera that's supposed rumored for the S9 Plus, and it's like, yeah, this could still be a really good phone for mobile photographers. Oh, I have no doubts. I mean, Samsung has, you know, consistently delivered amazing camera experience since the S6, and I can expect them to continue being top tier, and, and I root for them. I'm a big fan. Um, 
Let's switch gears a little bit again, and we touched a little bit on the OnePlus uh, in our various conversations so far, and, um, you know, there's some kind of scary news there with uh, some credit card fraud, or, well, it's not fraud on behalf of OnePlus, but it's a security breach, I guess, that has exposed some credit card data from uh, from OnePlus customers, and uh, what, is, what is your take on that? Oh, it's a, well, to me, it feels like it's just just like the uh, problems keep piling up with OnePlus because they had the they had that problem where they had that one uh, engineer mode app that uh, that uh, allowed like root level access if so, if somebody actually had access to your uh, physical access to your phone. So it's not like you, they could remotely hijack it, but still, there was that, and then there was like the devices transmitting like data that people like they didn't like they yeah, weren't fully aware that. of that. So. Yeah. And then, uh, then there was that the, that problem with the with the OnePlus Five where it would reboot during emergency calls, which is kind of exactly the last time you want it to reboot. To reboot, so uh, <laughs> yeah. so it was like uh, this is one of those companies where it feels like in many ways they get like sort of the broad strokes right. Like, oh hey, you know, like you've got a fast, very capable phone for relatively <laughs> yeah. little money. But like you can, oh, okay, oh, this is why it costs like, you know, $500 and not $700 is because they're not sweating the small details that it, like they're both on the actual phone itself and in the back end, you know, like on things like say ordering your phone. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, like that, like that make a big difference that like, the, you know, this is why like say, you know, part of why companies like Apple do so well is because they have this, this great secure shopping system where you, where like, you know, you, you can uh, like within a few seconds, well, not a few seconds, but like, you know, a short amount of time, you could like, you can have a phone on your way and you know, you're not going to be hearing like, you know, a year later that your, that your data was exposed in a credit card breach and that you, that you now have to wa watch like a hawk in case somebody decides to go on a shopping spree with, with your, with your info. So. Right. I mean, look, first of all, I want to say if you were a OnePlus customer and you give you one, your credit card to OnePlus, um, the best course of action right now is to get a new card with a new number from your bank, right? Like, just get it done. Trust me on this. Um, but, and that's a minor thing. It's easy to do. But, you know, I want to root for OnePlus. I love these folks. I think they're doing good work. They're doing good phones. They're really nice. But yes, you're right. They're not sweating those details, at least not on the security aspects. And uh, they're kind of doing that weird shady thing that you know uh you know sometimes where they think they can get away with stuff and i think transparency is is something that they need to improve and, and that goes with security and you know i think a lot of this is i see this with a lot of smaller startups it's not just a china thing um you know i think it's it's inexperience and youth and it got it's got to improve because look oneplus is no longer very young we're on the essentially the fourth generation devices um right and the mm -hmm. fifth generation is about to come with a oneplus six um you know i mean look the reality is this um i like their stuff um i'm willing to forgive them but they do need to get on top of it and uh, i do i do feel that a lot of this is caused by kind of inexperience in youth and uh and growing pains um you know i'll be honest though but i'm a bit biased here but i saw the red one plus 5t at ces and oh. ever since then I've, that's all i want so you know um maybe that's why i still love them so much because they do these beautiful colors randomly and i have to say the white one with the red power button was a nice touch as well and you know i like white phones but the red one wow the red one oh yeah see i i haven't uh i haven't had the luxury of seeing them in person but like 
Uh, yes. I mean, I, I, I like when they do colors, they don't just, they don't just do like, oh, you know, like, let's just do a white one and a black one and maybe a gray one and then call it a day. Like, they actually put some attention to it. Um, I just wish that they would make more of the stuff available on day one as opposed to dribbling it out where it's like, oh, you know, hey, like, you know, we only have the black one to start. I hope you don't mind that. And then, but, oh, look, conveniently, like, a, you know, weeks later, there's a, there's a white one that, like, oh, if I'd known that one was out, was out I would, get, uh, would have bought that one instead. But, um, you know, I think if we unleashed a bunch of uh, Apple fan people on, uh, on the OnePlus uh, universe, assuming they were willing, right, um, mm-hmm. you, we would get somebody to draw a bell curve of the ultimate time of, to buy a OnePlus phone based mm-hmm. on the fact that they always come out with a flagship in the spring and then they replace it with a flagship plus in the fall. And, you know, there's got to be a, a, an ultimate time, an optimum time to buy a OnePlus device. Uh, because as you said, they don't come out with all the colors right away. So my gut feeling, of course, if you buy the old one too close to the release of the new one, then you have last year's phone. So to me, I think the sweet spot would be um, in the f- in the winter, like around the holidays, is probably the best time to buy a OnePlus. Because here's the, here's my theory: you are getting the second the the plus flagship, like the second the the T you know labeled flagship uh improved uh for the year and you're probably at the point where you're getting some of the interesting colors not all but also if you buy then you know it's still going to be another six months before the spring edition comes out with the next one right yeah that sounds about right so i think the apple folks need to get on top of that because they do all these things on when's the best time to buy a mac right when's the best time to buy an iphone remember have you seen those websites it's really yeah Yeah, like Mac Rumors does that thing where they they actually have a buyer's guide that specifically says like, okay, you know, like hold off on this one. It's, it hasn't been updated in a long time. <laughs> so I know, admittedly, like that doesn't always work. Like, say for example, like the poor people who are probably like sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for a Mac Pro, and then you know, like <laughs> finally, finally, they they have something new to buy. Well, if they don't mind, if they don't mind a uh, an all in one desktop, um, yeah, for but, sure. But yeah, it's like. Uh, I mean, Apple has kind of done that thing before. I mean, they did have that red iPhone seven that showed up. So oh that, man, that was good. Yeah. So it's so it's one of those things. Like I could like I could see them doing that again. Like say you know like a um, oh man, how how interesting would a red iPhone ten be? I was just thinking that we're like yeah. like minded people here. Oh yeah. my god, that would be hot. See, yeah. this is how I would want mine. I would want one that has the silver edges. Mm-hmm. Like the white one, like the stainless steel polished edge, and then have a red back covers, and of course the front being black. That would be the that would be the shizzle. That'd be a product red version. Yeah, see, I, I the funny thing is I could re- honestly realistically see them doing that. Like not not just as a, like a daydream. Like no, like actually they they might actually do that. I mean either that or they do some clever trick where they have like the the uh, like the sides are like a slightly different shade of uh of red like an accent red of, uh for the for the trim oh, so that would be, be cool yeah that would yeah. be nice too yeah well you know in the meantime you have colorware uh yeah they're not a sponsor i almost was going to make a fake sponsorship but then i realized <laughs> it's probably not a good idea but uh um yeah i haven't bought anything from them but i hear they do all kinds of apple colorization yeah so uh, you if you want to get, if you want a phone that's like, actually, I've occasionally I'll visit their site just to see, just to see what, like, you know, well, how have things changed? Like, what, what items can I customize? And it's like, it gets, it gets a bit ridiculous to the point where it's like, you can, you know, customize, like, say, the, the front, 
the back, like the the side trim, like the the home button. If your if your device has a home button, uh, that kind of thing. So so you get you can get this very exacting look for your for like a phone or a computer or, or what have you. And and so it's like, I mean, it's expensive as all get out. But if you want if you want to have the exact look for your device, like you know you're going to be have this thing for like a couple of years or more, and you want you want something that stands out, then it's like, well, it's the, pretty much the place to go. Indeed. Um, I want to switch gears again and mention that um, a couple of videos that I posted on uh, my YouTube channel that you might find interesting, dear listeners. Uh, And one of them is uh, this company, Bezalel. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's B-E-Z-A-L-E-L. They are a power, uh, you know, power accessory company and they do primarily wireless chargers so they sent me uh their latitude and futura x uh iphone 10 accessories um these are and i guess it's futura 10 because it's an x like iphone x iphone 10 um it's a really thin really flat aluminum and like beautifully made aluminum and acrylic white acrylic um a wireless charging pad, 15 watt uh, compatible for the fastest possible wireless charging. Uh, so that'll work with, you know, Note 8, Galaxy S8, V30, all the Android phones that do Qi wireless, and of course the iPhone 10, the iPhone 8, 8 Plus. Um, and check it out. I unboxed it and I should give you a quick tour of it. And um, you can buy cases for their phones uh, for their that work with, uh, that are also branded you know, to go with them, with the pad. Uh, and those cases, uh, some of them, like the iPhone 6 and 7 cases, um, have, um, you know, the, the wireless coil in the case and like a little pass-through for the, for the lightning. And they also make cases for the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10, but of course those are completely passive cases. They don't have any electronics in them since you don't need them since the coils are built in behind the glass on these phones. And and uh, the case they sent me to go with the pad is the case for the iPhone 10. And it's just a nice black TPU case. But here's the kicker. Here's the thing that differentiates them. Um, and again, I'm not sponsoring them. I'm just telling you to check it out because one of the recent things I unboxed, um, they uh, claim, and I haven't been able to test this yet, but they claim that um, the there's magnets in the cases so that if you place it down on the mat, it'll kind of like center itself to the right place automatically. Yeah, that's actually really handy because like, it's, I mean, I think uh, I, mean, I haven't used a whole lot of wireless charging, but I know, like I know from experience, that like you'll sometimes you'll have like a less than ideal position, and it's not actually charging, or that you'll it'll be positioned in such a way that like you know like the phone slides off or something like that. So having having it something that actually sort of keeps it in the spot where it needs to be is uh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, so I haven't put it to the test because I have a feeling that he's using electromagnets, like he's using the actual coils uh, inside the uh, wireless base, the 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 charging pad to uh, to kind of mate with uh, physical hard like you know permanent magnets inside the case. And uh, when I did the unboxing, I didn't plug in the thing because I didn't have a USB cord nearby to do it. So I didn't try it out, but I need to try it out. Let you know if it'll work. So stay tuned for an answer on that. Um, but it didn't work like just with it off so i have a feeling that they're just using the coils as electromagnets to make that happen as well which is kind of clever um so quickly john tell tell me a little bit like what phones have you played with in the past year i mean obviously you don't review phones for engadget but you are 
a bit of a mobile tech guy and uh and you know i know you have an iphone 7 and you have uh an essential any other phones that you were able to borrow for review or that it came across your desk that you enjoyed Okay, uh, actually, I haven't uh, haven't had a, a whole a lot of that, of that stuff lately. So it's, um, uh, but that said, it's like I'm the I'm the kind who will like always like who will like always like always find an excuse to try things. Oh, actually, um, kind of think of it. I did actually have an opportunity to um, try to uh, try the BlackBerry Key One for a little bit. Like I mean, like oh, a, yeah. the, like a little bit, but it was but um, great phone, that, huh? Yeah, actually, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like, uh, I mean, obviously it's like it's TCL, so uh, at heart in in some ways, but it does it it is probably the for the first phone uh, from like a first Android phone from uh, Bla BlackBerry that actually feels like like a spiritually like a BlackBerry. So I mean, obviously the keyboard is the main thing, but um, actually, there's just kind of a lot of things like. The build quality is really good. Like the battery is phenomenal on it. Like you know, uh, the uh, I mean, the keyboard itself is actually well done, um, and like the processor is mid tier. And it's like you can tell you can definitely tell this isn't a high end phone because there's like say a bit of a lag, you know, when you, when you launch things and things uh, so on. But like in terms of just like fluidity and just overall responsiveness, like yeah, this this feels actually about right. Um, and it's wish, also great battery life, right? I mean, that's yeah, the thing they were going for. Yeah, it's like I, it's like I, I've, um, like I've heard from people who like, their phones just keep going and going and going, and it's so it's like it's one of those phones like um, if you're the sort of person who basically you know lives off their phone, like you're like constantly emailing people and uh, or messaging them, and uh, and you like, or for that matter, like if you're one of those people who like goes to a concert or something like a, like a music festival. And you're going to be there for hours, and you're going to probably be recorder recording like seemingly like an hour of video, ju like just from your all your little concert snippets. Like this is the kind of phone that you would actually want because it's still going to be alive at the at the end of the day, like w without necessarily having to use a battery pack. So, so I, like I kind of I kind of like that they actually focused on something that, uh, frankly, a lot of phone makers still don't really pay close attention to. I mean, they're getting they're getting better, but. Uh, like, but a lot of them is still like, well, so long as it lasts through a day, like a typical day, like, yeah. you know, like yeah. that, like that's all they care about. For sure. Um, well, you so. know, it's interesting you brought that up because that's not just the key one. Every Snapdragon 625 phone I've used, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is their older mid-range chip, which has now been replaced at a 630, has incredible battery life. Um, as soon as, as long as it's paired with something in the 3000 milliamp hour plus range, it is just obliterates everything else in terms of battery life. So I think that's part of the reason the key one, they selected this chip, I think on purpose, they, they wanted to go back to the days of the BlackBerry, which, you know, we all know had great battery life, right? Yeah, exactly. I think because I think they realize like the whole point of the key one is to appeal to those people who are like desperately holding on to their like you know bold ninety nine hundred or or uh, oh my god <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or phones like that like they're like desperately hoping. I mean, like I mean, admittedly, there aren't too many people who are like literally holding on to those phones because like the you know that that's like a few years old and it's and like, the the battery's probably dead on it or or and it's hard to get a replacement. But you get the idea, like those people who are like, they would, they would, so long as BlackBerry is still alive and they're making decent phones, they will buy, they will buy a BlackBerry. So like, they're just still hoping yeah. that it, it will live up to the reputation of their old BlackBerry, the, like the one that lasted for a week. For sure. Yeah. So, 
I know I think that anybody who had a 9900 probably eventually switched to a BlackBerry Classic or BlackBerry Passport, which, as you know, were BlackBerry 10-based phones, the last of their breed, and were actually pretty damn good for what they were at the time. So, yeah. um, but I think the, you know, then the Priv came out, which, you know, was a mixed bag in many ways was more of an Android phone than a BlackBerry. But I feel like the key one is more of a BlackBerry phone than an Android phone in, in many ways. It has a lot of those attributes that you just described that really made BlackBerry so good, but in a modern iteration with a modern OS and all the apps and all the features you'd want, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so, I mean, if I remember correctly, Michael Fisher, is he still actually using one as a, as a, like a daily driver? I or? think he switched onward now, but he was for a long time. I, look, I have to tell you, I went to Google IO, uh, obviously, and if you were cool, if you were a cool kid at IO, the phone you rocked during the conference was the key one. We all had them. I did, Michael Fisher, Joshua Vergara. We were all on our BBs. And we were like typing away on our keyboards like mad children. It was awesome. <laughs> we had a really good time with that one. Yeah, it's like, it's, 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 it's almost a shame that like, if, if that phone, or at least the equivalent of that phone had come out when, like you know, say, if the, instead of doing BlackBerry 10, um, they had actually put out like, well, as close to a key one as you could get, like around, you know, 2013 or something like that. Um, the company might be in a very different position than it is now. Not necessarily like, not like resurgent, like not to the, like the heydays of like, say 2009 or something. Uh, but like, and, uh, like they might actually, instead of like basically like falling or tanking and, and having to like replace their CEO again, um, they would actually have, like they would actually have like this like, so, like small but like solid following that's you know like where it'd be like they'd be selling millions of phones uh, like a, like a quarter or something like that instead of like maybe like several hundred thousand or something. I'm trying. I'm not sure oh, what they're selling. No, no like. you're right. I mean, look, the the same can be said about Nokia. Nokia's come back. They now have really great Android phones, culminating with the Nokia Eight. There is obviously a Nokia Nine in the works, which is going to be even more flagship rule-worthy. And, uh, you know, again, they follow the same formula. Bring all of the attributes that made a Nokia phone a Nokia phone, and then put Android on there to really make it a modern platform-based device. And and it's a win all around. I mean, I unfortunately have not been able to get a Nokia 8 review unit, but when the Nokia 9 comes out, I'll make sure to get one, and I'll let you know. But I, everything I've, you know, my little bit of time with them so far kind of parallels very much what we've seen with the Key 1. Yeah, that's like, well, that sounds good. That's like I just, I just wish again, like that these companies had kind of um, realized what 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 they would probably like. I mean, some would almost call it an inevitable move. Like, uh, like they'd realized what they had to do sooner, so that they weren't like this like company that was effectively dead and is like now kind of bouncing back, but not really, and so it basically has to start from scratch. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. Well, listen, we should wrap it up. Um, so why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you have places on the web, other than obviously and gadget, you, you should pimp that as well. Uh, yeah, let people know where they can find you. Okay. Well, in addition to Engadget, which you should uh, visit frequently, pre uh, preferably, um, the easiest way to find me is like, basically like I'm, uh, John Fingus on Twitter, on Instagram, on, like, I'm trying to remember where else like, I would, I would use that. Um, Snapchat? But, um, actually I think so. Uh, although go. that said, I hardly use Snapchat, but I'm on there. Uh, 
And let's see, obviously, it's, uh, it's not hard to find me on Facebook because you just have to look for my name. Um, so, so like, I am, I am definitely a social creature. Uh, so, like, yeah, you can, you can definitely find me. Actually, I, I need to get back onto Instagram. I haven't been taking a lot of photos lately, and I love to take photos, but. It's Canadian winter and it's been really <laughs> cold lately. So it's like, you know, it's really hard to enjoy taking photos outdoors when it's like minus 20 Celsius and you're and, for sure. And taking your hand, your hands out of your gloves for like even like five minutes is going to probably give you frostbite. So yeah, definitely. Uh, but look, you know, you are in Ottawa. It's a beautiful town. There's lovely canals. I say this is a challenge. You should on a sunny day, if you can do yourself a favor and go for a photo walk with your essential and put that Google pixel camera to its uh t to the test yeah i'm, I'm definitely uh, definitely gonna uh, give that a chance because like it's one it's one of those ones like i haven't obviously like with my apple watch like i can there's only so many things i can do when when my phone doesn't actually have a connection so like, just so, carry two phones yeah exactly like, like, i may, <laughs> may need to just admit it and get like a second like a second plan or something just so that i yeah. can all, i can always have another uh, another phone uh hanging around that so that's like always connected like my, like my iphone is so totally so i might cool. just do that awesome well you guys know where to find me i'm tankrel on twitter that's at tnkgrl like the comic book character without the vowels that's how you remember it on instagram it's tankrel as well go find me there i do love instagram uh you can find me on facebook if you search for me all that good stuff but most importantly check out my youtube channel it's youtube.com slash miriam my full name spelled out miriam with a y and go to uh, mobiletechpodcast.com to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already um, you'll find the RSS feed there but we're also on iTunes and on Pocket Cast and on most of the well-known podcasting platforms again all you need is the RSS feed mobiletechpodcast.com is where you'll find that uh, stay tuned for another episode of the podcast next week I'll have another awesome guest on and uh, John thanks for being on really appreciate it it's pretty awesome um, uh, come back sometime okay all right, definitely. I was uh, happy to catch up, actually. It's, it's been, it's <laughs> that great. is a nice, because we don't get to talk that often. Yeah. So, yeah, stay tuned. I have a Cat S41 rugged phone that I'm going to be unboxing shortly, and I'll be mentioning on the podcast. So, catch you all next week. Cheers. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.